following takes place between 8 a.m. and 9 a.m. Camera time! Are you a homeowner who is dangerous with tools? Do you start a project and never finish it? Because no. frustration sets in. Do you think maybe you should have called a professional? Break it down! Well, look no further. Image Home Improvement is now live from the Star Worldwide Networks Tower. And now, remodeling contractor, TV personality, and your host for Image Home Improvement, Steve Dubell. Ah, yes, it's that time again. It's Image Home Improvement Live right here on Star Worldwide Networks, and we want to thank you all for joining the show this morning. It is going to be a great show, and it's, you know, it's just, God, it's it's December already. Ed, what do you think? I mean, December, do you think it's Chris? Do you know, like, last Saturday when we were all on Thanksgiving weekend that it was, like, um, a month, and it'll be Christmas? It's beginning to look a lot <laughs> like Christmas. I think so. Hey, should we let the listeners in on uh, what's finally happening? Yes, I think we should. I think you should make the announcement. Steve's finally going to do my bathroom. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he, there we go. Wow. Yeah. All right. Steve's finally going to finish the uh, remodel on, yeah. on my bathroom. Yeah, so. I just, you know... It, it's it's going to be your Christmas present. <laughs> well, great! It's a present. Awesome! I got paid. You yeah, heard it. Hey, all of you heard it. Didn't it. It's tell on you it, though. It's Christmas in twenty eighteen. But wait a minute! But wait a minute! But wait a minute! The one thing that you forgot for me to do the, and give you that present, I need one thing. Okay. A Money. big fat check. <laughs> oh, okay. Wait, either that or that porta potty is going to stay until. Oh the day my off. God! The porta potty is going to stay. Will a check do? A, che- a check will do <laughs> as long as it's good and it doesn't bounce. It's good. Oh, see now you're putting stipulations. Oh well, of course. I mean, come on. All right. I'm and, actually very excited about it. Uh, well, that's great. I'm thinking, excited that we're finally going to be able to do it, and actually we're going to give all the listeners a, a blow by blow description yes. of what's going on. I think what we'll do, we'll take pictures. We'll yeah, document, we'll post it on we'll, Facebook. Yeah, we'll video. document it all. And, you know, this is, you know, the operations manager's remodel, re, you know, and yeah. uh, I think it'll be good. Yeah. I think it'll be good. One of the things that we actually did now, uh, sitting across from, from Ed today, is is our our good co uh, good co-host Dan Hayden? Does that look like Dan? No, it doesn't look like no, Dan. Who does that look like? No, not at all. That looks I, I like look like a skinny Dan. That <laughs> looks a skinny Dan. <laughs> Dan, I hope you're not listening. Oh, Dan, Dan, oh, we will. love you. All right, no, uh, actually, uh, our uh, stand-in, who is our guest co-host with us today, Kevin Folkerson from Cornerstone Design, is with us, and um, Dan is actually on assignment for a um, uh, a hearing. Where you know on assignment, he's on assignment. He's goofing off. He's on assignment. He just he no. He's at Denny's. He's at Denny's. (laughs) No, he's at the Pancake House over here. He loves the Pancake House. (laughs) All right, but anyway, no. One of the things that we want to touch base on, and um, we talked about this a lot, and things happen with um, the law that guides real estate. I mean, these are things that you have to be up on and there's no other person that I think that we we could um, know more about is Jim Eckley from Eckley Law is here with us. Jim, good morning. How are you doing? Good morning, Steve. You know, great to have you back on the show again. Thanks for inviting me. You know, we're gonna we're gonna get into a lot of different things about, you know, the the ever changing laws as well as, you know, we're always talking about market values and, you know, and houses selling and how to flip homes and all that other good stuff. But you know, there are, believe it or not, there are rules and regulations that we have to follow. 
that I think are important. And uh, Jim is always up on it. He's very well known here in the Phoenix metro area as well as the southwest. I know every time I, I touch base with him, he's constantly traveling. So I feel honored that he was able to carve out some time in his schedule today so we could actually uh, talk a little real estate law. Thank you. And, you know, if you're that honored, could I have that check on the way out? You're talking about earlier. You could just coastline it over to me if you'd like. Uh, well, yeah, and, you know, this concept of the changing law is what I call the Full Employment Act for lawyers. Because if it wasn't changing, who'd need one the after full a while? Employment. Well, you so know, you know we, we have a vested interest in seeing it change. Not to mention, not to mention, not to get off on a sidebar now, but we want to make sure that, you know, this, this co-host is not accused of any allegations like you've heard a lot of people in the mainstream media on so i am i am free and clear of that so make sure that there won't be any sponsors leaving the show or the station so this is a good thing and the indictment was quashed uh, last week so we're in good shape (laughs) if you get a chance go look at the uh post from thursday for dave pratt live okay he goes on a six minute rant really and it's a video okay of all the stuff going on in the media and everything it's it's classic Dave. You've got to check it out. All right. Make sure you do that. That's homework for all our listeners. Make sure you check that out. Well, you should be watching. Like the media you, is composed of rants mostly now, starting from the president on down. Isn't that right? It's amazing. It's amazing what happens when people start talking and one person, uh, you know, it, it, now there's no more whether he's right or wrong. It's just that somebody makes an allegation, you might as well throw him in the slammer because there's no. You could sit there all day long and say, I didn't do it, but you still have that stigma well, on you. So it's like, well, what do you do now? Well, there's, there's the court, and then there's the court of public opinion. Exactly. This is true. <laughs> and know. that trial goes really fast. For yes, the court opinion. of public opinion <laughs> is just like, you know, uh, dep- and depending on what news broadcast company that you're with, I mean, you know, it, it, if you're with CNN, you know, I feel sorry for you. Because you're getting slammed from all angles. But uh, seriously, I mean, these things are part of our everyday life now, and it's just ridiculous. So it's always good to be up to date on the things that affect, um, you know, your particular expertise. And Jim's expertise, obviously, is, is law, and there's a lot of different things changing. But, Jim, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about who didn't happen to catch you the last time we were on the show, a little bit about Eckley Law. Well, I can say only that we've been around for 40 years, and, of course, uh, real estate being the prime candidate for virtually anything having to do with law and uh, some kind of a future at it, since it's been here forever and is going to continue to be, that has been our central focus. And everything to do with real estate, sales, acquisition, investment, improvement, construction issues, inspection, redisposition. These are the things that really interest us, planning and zoning. Uh, and I've been at this, like I say, for 40 years. We've been to the Supreme Court three times and have prevailed each time. And that's something that not every lawyer gets, so I really feel blessed that I had that opportunity. But I think it's from being in the vanguard or the forefront, really, of these kind of legal issues. Many times we'll take very unpopular ones, but ones that we think are right and run with them. And that's getting very, very difficult because that media you were talking about, the vote of the public, also is even the vote of the legal community. Many lawyers are very, very conservative. And when somebody takes a position, perhaps a very pro-consumer position, in an economy where most of the lawyers would much rather work with the big businesses that are not the consumers but the providers, 
Uh, that's a very unpopular position, but I do think uh, Mrs. Cratchit, the 83-year-old mysterious Mrs. Cratchit out there, <laughs> does have rights, whether it's one of the biggest builders in town or not. So that has been a challenge in and of itself, but it's one we're willing to take. And so that for, that's what's put us in the Supreme Court, and that's probably where we'll find ourselves again, because we will fight hard for those folks that are being pretty much run over by an existing economy. And a lot of that's still going on. You know, the uh, construction rules were changed in 2015 in Arizona in a very pro-builder manner after being pretty successful the way they were for 10 years. These are the changes. We'll find ourselves probably in the Supreme Court on that issue sooner or later as well. So that's what we do, and we enjoy it. Yeah, and, that's, and you're good at it. That's, Thank you that's very what, much. That's what makes it work. I'll give you just 10 years to stop saying that. <laughs> okay. Uh, Kevin, now you probably ran across a lot of uh, different things that, you know, Jim is talking about when it comes to people and issues that, you know, especially when they're coming to help from a design standpoint, you know, have you heard any legal issues of people with properties and stuff like that that you've come across in all your years? Yeah, it kind of runs the gamut. Um, you know, the biggest thing is is the ignorance that's out there of people trusting, in essence, the real estate industry and even real estate people that don't understand um, when they're buying a house or acquiring a property. And I teach this when I do seminars, that if you don't know everything about that property, you stand the chance of getting burned. But people will buy a property. I, I give you an example. I have a client. They do fix and flips. They buy properties one, two, three a month. Bought two properties that were within um, a block or two of the canal. Well, the city of Phoenix, has, it's always been a floodplain. They now started hitting that hard. Somebody got wind of something, something happened. If you're in that floodplain, you literally can't do anything to that property unless you want to go through, um, you're going to be going through flood, gradient drainage, and you're going to be working with FEMA to get a FEMA report. That extends the life to get a permit. Say you buy a house, most guys want to increase 500,000 square feet to get the sure. equity up. That increases that time frame from probably four to six months or excuse me, four to eight months as opposed to, you know, four to six weeks to get a building permit because you've got to, and FEMA's not fast. And, and I literally was told on one, they wanted to do a big addition in a garage, and the lady said, well, everything you do is going to be a foot at least above the existing floor. Well, how do you do an addition in a garage that's above the existing or tear the house down and rebuild, yeah. which you still have to go through the GND, you have to go through the flood control, you have to go through FEMA. But these are experienced guys. And I asked him, I said, did you check and see if it was in flood? He goes, I don't know. I may have missed it or may have bought it as is. But And, and so I try to teach people just even the common, the novice guy getting into fix and flip or whatever you want, or even a homeowner. You buy this house, you've got you know this anchor on you now that what do you do? One of these houses, they're just going to clean up, do an interior remodel, which didn't trigger anything other than we had to be within a certain price range uh, of the value of the house, got that one done. The other one, they're not sure what they're going to do. I told them. Yeah, probably the best thing they probably to do is to wholesale get rid of somebody. It. Exactly. Get rid of it. And, and just get it off your back. Else's problems. But those are, the, and even real estate agents, and you and I have dealt with this before. When you buy a house, you go on the county website, and it says, you know, 1,800 square feet. I can look at that and go, something doesn't seem, you go out there and walk that house, something doesn't seem right. Well, what happened is it was originally 1,200, and somebody added an addition or closed in the back patio, and they went to the county and said, hey, we've got now another 600 square feet. 
County's not going to say anything. You know why? They get more tax revenue now because you've got livable space. Right, yeah. But in the city of Phoenix and Scottsdale and County, if you didn't permit that thing, it's not legal square footage. Well, so you can go all the day long on, on the MLS and find these properties. Well, that said this, I said, well, good luck. You just inherited the stepchild because it doesn't mean a thing as far as when you go to resell that house, once you know legally you're supposed to disclose, especially as a real estate agent. And I don't think a lot of agents, once they find out that they disclose that to the next person, oh, by the way, this wasn't permitted. Because yeah. legally, you have to do that. But well, you know, you've just said something that I think is another big element and a big change that has occurred right since the beginning of the year. And that, uh, that element you spoke of is the real estate licensee and where they fit in the overall equation yep. in buying, selling, either one that a party is going to occupy or even going to use as an investment property, commercial, residential. It really doesn't matter. Real estate licensees are involved in there someplace. But you do know that the licensees have traditionally held themselves out before us and even are required by local statutes to provide services to a person that is their client or customer as they would as a fiduciary to a ward or someone they were trying to protect. Right. They have a duty to look out for their best interests, and that's one that they tout. If you look at the realtor motto, for instance, remember not all realtors are real estate licensees. A realtor is a club or a labor organization that is formed out of people who have real estate licenses, but you can have a real estate license and not be a realtor. Yes. Realtors sold themselves as a cut above the average licensee <laughs> uh, with a great duty and a great skill that went above and beyond just the everyday licensee that went down and got a license. The problem is this, that that fiduciary duty, of course, over time, suddenly became missed. And folks got in such a hurry in the licensing yep. business, they weren't looking very closely anymore. They weren't doing their due diligence, even though due diligence is spilled out in the local statute guiding their licensure, that they must conduct due diligence. They didn't do it anymore. And of course, they got in some legal troubles and got sued fairly regularly and deserved every nickel of those lawsuits. Well, here's the problem. Uh, the licensees decided that the best way to solve the problem that their licensees were not engaging in proper due diligence was not to go to classes to learn how to do due diligence, but to go down and change the purchase contract that yep, you sign exactly. in order to buy or sell a property to put a clause in that says the licensees take no responsibility to do any due exactly. diligence. You're on your own. Rots of rock. <laughs> Rots that of got, rock. That As got a professional. changed in February of this year. But prior to that time, uh, they did have the duties under those contracts. Now they're trying to exempt themselves. And I'm going to tell you from a statutory and licensure standpoint, they can't. But those are the contracts today. Yeah, that's what. And, mm -hmm. and to me, if you're going to be a professional at what you do, you need to know what to do. I've offered a service for years. I'll go research everything. What's there? Was it legally as as close as I can tell? Were there permits pulled? What can you do? Can you even add an addition? What are the constraints, the setbacks, all that stuff? And, and for a couple hundred and fifty bucks to save you a mistake that could cost you thousands of people don't want to yeah, do it. That's, that's well, it's amazing. About page eight, I think, in the new AAR residential resale agreement that came out in February of this year. The last paragraph kind of tells it all, and it's the one that I would point out to anybody as they were getting ready to pay 6 and 7% yeah. <laughs> uh, to a real estate licensee. I mean, they got to be doing something other than answering the phone or putting a lockbox on the door. I would have hoped it would have been something called due diligence. But it says down at the bottom, the parties agree that the real estate licensee is not competent for any and all analysis or assessment or due diligence as required by this contract. And I'm paraphrasing. 
And you go, well, wait, wait a minute then. Wait, you're not competent and I've got to agree that you're an idiot? You know, I'm starting to agree by the fact you'd even ask me to sign such a contract. But that is built into the contract so that if you even want to buy or sell the property, you have to exonerate them from their malpractice up front before you even know what the malpractice is, that's which a, would tend I, to that's, encourage I mean, malpractice. That's, that's that makes no sense. The first thing you want to do is just, you know, like Homer says. I, I have no idea who that I is. I have no idea who that real estate agent is because he's, he's not competent. But we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to find out who is competent right after this message. So stay tuned. You're listening to Image Home Improvement Live. Thinking about remodeling your kitchen or bathroom? Confused about which company to choose to supply and fabricate your new countertop? Let me make that choice simple for you. Papagno's Marble and Granite, a family-owned business and experts in their field, installing many types of products such as granite, marble, onyx, travertine, silestone, and much, much more. Their personalized service will help make sure that you have the right material choice for your next remodel. Their high-tech fabrication equipment on site will expedite the delivery and installation of your countertop. Give Papagno's a call today, 480-948-4282, or check them out on the web at papagnos.com. Are you tired of the runaround from your heating and air conditioning company? Hi, I'm Steve Dubell, and I'd like to tell you about a company I respect and trust, the pros at Quality Systems Air Conditioning and Refrigeration. They are the Valley's premier heating and air conditioning service company. Each and every professional at Quality Systems goes through a stringent training process of continuing industry education. Larry Thompson, the owner of Quality Systems, and his staff exemplify the meaning of integrity and honesty. Quality Systems is a licensed, bonded, and insured company for your protection. When I have a heating and air conditioning need, I call the pros at Quality Systems. Why wait? Call the pros at Quality Systems right now, 480-247-7654, or find them on the web at qualitysystemsac.com. This is Tiffany Hunter, host of the Home Hunter Sunday mornings on ABC 15. And you're listening to Image Home Improvement Live on the Double Wide Network. All right, we are back. And you're listening to Image Home Improvement Live right here on Star Worldwide Networks. And uh, technical issues, they're just killers. <laughs> but anyway, we're here with Jim Eckley from Eckley Law and our uh, guest co-host with us today, Kevin Fulkerson from Cornerstone Design. And uh, guys, you know, we were talking just before the break about, you know, there's a couple of analogies that seem that does it, it actually fits with what Jim had said. You turn around and say, OK, well, you know, they got these old these, these disclaimers of like, if you get to hire a realtor, you got all these disclaimers. Well, guess what? That's like turning around saying, okay, I am a general contractor who actually is um, licensed, bonded, and insured. But then on the other hand, you think about it. If somebody comes up to you and say you're not licensed, bonded, and insured, then uh, – but that's – that we, we, we frown on that from the ROC standpoint – that we can't do that, but we're okay, you know, with a realtor. I mean, so, but it's the same thing. It's like you're, if you're not licensed one way, 
but you're licensed and not competent the other. So what's the difference? Well, and I'd be curious as to what I was buying under those circumstances then. Uh, I think that uh, I had done a sort of a, a rule of thumb survey, a few classes I'd taught, and I'd asked the audience what they thought. It was an audience of buyers and sellers, mostly investors, and said, when you pay that 6 or 7% to your licensee, let's see, what percentage of it do you think is just for basic marketing? Uh, putting it in the multi-list and touting it maybe at a couple of sessions, and they said, oh, maybe 2%, 3%. What percentage of it is, uh, if you're a buyer, what percentage of it is analyzing this property to determine its actual status, its economic status, its physical status, its community status, to determine whether this is a sound investment? And the investors in there said, well, that's got to be 85% of it. And you say, well, then would you please examine <laughs> the contract that you're using, where now they <laughs> yeah. say that's that 85% that for 7% of the sale, they're not going to give you anymore. <laughs> you know, I call that a ripoff. Uh, there is a solution for that. Now, of course, it is that you can bargain for your own relationship with your real estate licensee. You're not stuck by the form agreement he puts in front of you that favors himself. You have the right to bargain for something else. And most of these new agreements are all as-is sales. You don't want an as-is sale if you're a buyer. And frankly, you're not protected on an as-is sale if there's some undisclosed matter in there that is discovered later. You're still going to get sued. So there's no real value to that other than the licensees trying to exit from the, having any responsibility for putting that deal together. But the biggest protection is always to bring on the professionals and do that inspection at the site and actually uh, have somebody that knows what they're doing going through that thing from the top to the bottom and don't limit them. Uh, you know, look for the best. Look for people who have tools. We'll use that as a simple example. Uh, many inspectors uh, only have to go out and see things with, of course, according to the Board of Technical Registration that they can see with their senses, eye, ears, you know, uh, hear, smell, and uh, maybe a little bit of a sixth sense from a professional about certain things that just aren't right that only maybe a professional would spot. But now, since the time that the Board of Technical Registration took on home inspectors and home inspectors became a licensed or registered business, uh, it has now turned out that a few tools have come down the pipe, such as FLIR cameras and uh, such as uh, meters that can detect moisture. Uh, these are really useful tools, and I would encourage most people out there that are really thinking about this, that they ought to engage someone who has those kind of tools. It's also not bad to engage an inspector who's had a construction background. They see things yes. a little bit differently than the individuals just taking the basic uh, inspection courses. Uh, they actually can know what, they can look at a wall and figure out that there's some framing issues behind that wall that maybe the average everyday 90-day inspector probably would not notice, but the fellow that has actually done that kind of framing as a career at one point would know that. So there is some value to getting the best and paying the price. And there is value to someone who knows their tools and uses now the inspection assisting tools that can actually see through even uh, uh, issues that would normally be not visible to the naked eye, such as leaks around portals, such as windows and doors, poor framing, poor flashing, that can now be detected with a meter that they know how to use. And they can tell you that they've got moisture there that you could not see any other way and probably couldn't feel because it could be slight but nonetheless damaging. So there are developments like that. that. That means then that though your licensee does owe you a really, really strong duty to make sure that you uh, buy a property that's free of any surprises, that double-checking with your own inspector is not a bad idea and to get the best you can is the best idea of the deal. Yeah, I mean, you think, like, like Dan says, a lot of times when you go in there, if you need to have a home inspector that's going to go back in there and at least like Dan, do his due diligence. If you can't get it from the real estate agent, at least you'll get it from the home inspector. And whether or not 
you know, like we, we affectionately tell Dan, he says that he's the deal killer because a lot of times he'll go in and find stuff that the, even the real estate agents didn't know about. But it's something that needs to be disclosed. Well, the so, real estate agent, right. that's not their expertise either. But, yeah, but right. a guy like Dan's going to go in there. And, and sometimes you have, have to educate your inspector. I'm telling both fix and flip people and buyers, when you're looking at these properties that have been fixed up or you're going to fix up, What's the age of the property? If it's over 20, 25 years old, you need to get a camera inspection on the sewer line because if it's anything other than ABS piping, right. replace it. And you'd be surprised the amount of home inspections, well, there's no clogs in it or um, um, uh, flippers and stuff. There's no clogs in it. And I'm going, but the piping is old cast iron or clay pipe or whatever. Clay pipe the is notorious for investments you're going to do to replace all that old plumbing, all the galvanized, everything – even if, if it's two to five grand in that house, when you go to sell that house, I, I always market what you do. By the way, we're not your standard home flipper. We replaced all the underground plumbing with ABS. You'll never have a problem. We put in new PEX plumbing, got rid of all the galvanized. Even copper now, the copper industry, the plumbing industry will tell you that copper is being is a t- it's thinner and it's attacked more by the chemical. They're having put mm-hmm. more chemicals in yeah. the water to clean it up. And it'll ping, and it starts to ping away at the copper, and you can get little pinholes that over time may leak a little seal up, but over time they're an issue. The PEX right now is all I use on property. And so those are things you've got to educate people in is what did they do or what do you want done on this property? Well, I go further and say that there's nothing wrong with the inspector finding issues. It's called bargaining. Exactly. Yeah. So if you're a That's buyer, exactly you, right. you know, it doesn't mean, oh, my God, the door handle in the front has got some screws loose. That's it. That kills <laughs> the deal. I'm out of yeah. here. I, I'm not coming back. No, you come over and you say, you hope you get a whole lot of these kind of little issues to start tweaking the way it's called bargaining it's when you go buy a used car you say hey you know that tire back there in the back i don't know about that how much you say you want for this thing five yeesh i think i'm gonna have to put new tires on let's knock 400 off for that so that's called bargaining and right. that's something you need some uh points to be able to bargain with and if your licensee as that's representing you as a buyer is saying oh no no, let's not argue about any of it. Oh, the roof's got a hole? No problem. I mean, we just can't afford to bargain on this. Because, you see, I get a percentage of the gross price you pay. And the first right. thing that happens, if we reduce the price, I'm going to take less. So I'd much rather that you had a leaky roof than that I didn't make my car payment this month. So <laughs> it's th- true. These, these are, that's not a good reason. As to the seller, they say, oh, it's a deal killer. Those guys come out and they find everything. Well, seller, think about this for just a minute. It's probably better that they do. Because here's what happens if they don't find them. Uh, suddenly it turns out that the slab is determined to have a crack after uh, the transaction's closed in about four or five months. And that crack is, God, it's probably been there for a while, and it's not even one you really noticed. Uh, but you did one time recarpet it. And someone's going to argue on the other side that you're a crook, Mr. Seller. You had to have seen mm-hmm. that dang thing, and it looks like somebody's even dabbed some putty in it. That's certainly no way to solve it, but you put a new carpet. Are you trying to tell me you didn't know any of this? So then you start looking like you're a fraud, and then you start getting into a legal jam. It's better that the inspector finds this, brings it to the table, and we get it resolved because that just solved you from an accusation of fraud later. That's and true. It may cost you a few bucks at the closing table, but after all, the slab was cracked. It was worth a little bit less. You didn't know that when you priced it. Your realtor didn't know that. But now we do know it. Now we know that a car that's got that kind of you know wobbly wheels is worth less than one that doesn't, and a car a, a property that has a crack in the slab is worth a little bit less than one that does not. That's true. Yeah, we've got a story I want to do too right after we got to go to break that actually uh, dealt with 
uh, a crack that was visible in the garage that all of a sudden became an issue a few days before closing. So we'll get to that story right after the break. If you want everybody to hang in there, you're listening to Image Home Improvement Live. And, you know, we're the law-abiding home improvement show. Don't go away. Chances are, when it's time to call a service professional, you need someone right away. Who can you call for those electrical problems fast? The answer is Mr. Electric, a licensed, bonded, and insured company serving the Valley of the Sun since 2000. Some of their residential and commercial services include expert troubleshooting, replacing an outlet, hanging a ceiling fan, or upgrading your electric service, and much more. Rest assured, all work is guaranteed. Call today for your appointment, 480-503-1339. You can find them on the web at phoenixmetro.mrelectric.com. Remember, at Mr. Electric, we have the power to make things better. Stardust Building Supplies is your home improvement thrift store. Find salvaged and gently used cabinetry, doors, windows, appliances, lighting, plumbing, and much more. Save money, be green, and support the community. Shop and donate at Stardust Building Supplies, three valley locations. For more info, visit stardustbuilding.org. Hi, I'm John Weisbach, co-host of FYI Network's hit TV show, Tiny House Nation. Now, people all over the country are downsizing, and tiny homes are all the big rage. But remember, even tiny homes need repairs, and left unattended, those tiny problems become big problems. Don't let that happen to you. Know what makes your home tick. Listen every week to Image Home Improvement Live, Saturday morning on the Double Wide Network. All right, we are back, and you're listening to Image Home Improvement Live right here on Star Worldwide Networks, and it. You know, we just, it's amazing some of the things that you find in a home that you probably had no idea that was happening. But, Kevin, finish your thought. I want to address something to Jim here. Um, My understanding is there was a a law passed here, I believe within the past year or so, that anyone flipping a home, whether you're an owner, um, because a lot of guys will buy these homes and they do all the fix-ups themselves, or they'll hire unlicensed subs, or they'll hire subcontractors. They won't have a general contractor. As a general contractor, typically you're liable for two years on certain items or whatever. But my understanding that the that there was passed a law that anybody, if you flip a home for resale, that whoever is the seller of that home, if you didn't have a general contractor, is liable for two two years or something. Is that correct, Jim? Actually, it's uh, it's it's correct, but it's wider than that. Uh, what the uh, contractors, uh, registrar contractor figured out here a few years ago was that there's a lot of folks that uh, make a business out of putting some sweat equity into a property and then flipping it. And they yes. just do it one after another. And the idea was, why shouldn't they then have a contractor's license? They really are sort of generaling their own project, mm-hmm. and they don't have any intention of living there. They're using it purely as an inventory and flipping it. So there was a case, and there is a statute out there that suggests that anybody that is engaging in it for business and not for person, personal occupancy, and that is tested by whether you acquire it and dispose of it within a year. That's the, that's the surest test. Okay. It, can be, it can be adding all the facts up to determine whether, in fact, you were proper, 
but but it's certainly it's statutorily stated that if it's within a year, you are a flipper. Right. And you do you are then engaged in professional contracting activity, and you actually need a contractor's license. Now it's of course a class A misdemeanor to not have one, mm-hmm. nor and it's also a rule that you can't collect any money for illegal contracting services. So technically, they may not even be able to collect the money for their house. But it, they will be held accountable just as though then, whether they had a license or not, as though they were a contractor, which means they're going to have construction liability for that property. And if that wasn't clear enough, I was talking a little bit ago about a law that was passed in 2015 that remodeled pretty much, uh, using the, a pun, uh, all of the construction law. And it has definitions in it that kind of tell us that... Um, you may very well be a contractor in its eyes anyway, and it extends liability out to eight years. Wow. Um, it says, for instance, that if the statute defines what a seller is that is covered by this act in ARS Chapter 12, 1364, and it says a seller means, and then it says all the logical parties like builders and so on, uh, but also any person, firm, or partnership uh, that is involved in selling dwellings. So that means that if you are also the one who's generaled it, so to speak, and you're selling it, then you may very well fall right under the statute anyway, bypassing all the others. Right. So now that means, and I have several clients that are home flippers, whatever you want to call them, investors, let's call them investors, that buy properties, fix them up and flip them. They, um, what they'll do, some clients will do is when they buy the property, they set a closing date 30 days out. They'll go ahead and, and get plans done and get a building permit before that closing so that they can pull the permit in the existing owner's name. Mm-hmm. So now it's an owner build a permit, and then they, don't have, they think they don't have to hire a general contractor. But what you're telling me is this says... If you're going to, no matter when you... If that's your business, you don't even have to be entitled. Right. You you have to have, you're supposed to have a general contractor's license. Yes. And, and that's the way I interpreted that, it, too. I but, think you're right. Okay. And also, uh, even bootstrapping it that way. Now, a lot of the investors you're talking about may very well pull permits and leave it all in the name of the original seller until the very tail end, only because it's a little bit easier that way to not have to then go tap some capital. They let the seller sit on the equity for a while, use them as a shill, and so that they can get the sale about the same time as they had any of the capital that needs to be repaid in making the fix and flip in well, the first place. So there's some will try to bootstrap that by doing it. But right. even that is a sh- that's a charade, and it makes the badge of fraud hang even tighter on this thing. In so other th- words, let me get this straight, sir. You did all that because what you're trying to do is somehow beat the Registrar of Contractors and not have a license and somehow beat ARS Chapter 12, which has pretty much made it clear that you can't do that and that you still have liability. Well, then, in addition to the fact that you build a crummy place and you got unlicensed contracting here, which in itself is a Class A misdemeanor, uh, I think I'm going to sue you for fraud, too. Yeah, and so there's two, two areas of clarification, then. One is I'm a flipper. I buy the house. I go in and get the permit before I... The, you know, the week before I close, I'm still going to close and put it in LLC. But by getting that permit, I can do an owner builder. Then I don't have to have a general contractor and pay the 15 to 25, 30 percent that a general contractor wants. Legally, you're saying they have to be a general contractor. The other case is I buy a home subject to where I'm going to keep making the payments on the loan. 
And, and as long as payments are made, you and I know these banks are not going to say, hey, well, that check didn't come from the homeowner. We're going to cancel the loan. They don't care as long as they're getting paid. They don't care who's writing the checks. So I do a subject to, and, and I clean up that home, do lipstick pretty much, carpet and that type of thing. Where the, and those things are not, uh, you don't need a permit for those. Now, certain things you need a license for, minor electric, plumbing, that type of thing. But cabinets and stuff, you can do all those cosmetic things. But I think what you're saying then, if I go to sell that home, whether I was, I, I'm still legally not the owner, but then I, I'm subject to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to be responsible as a general contractor, or is, is that true on a subject to type deal like it, that? Even on a subject to, and there is one first hurdle you have to get across, and that is that if you have a lay person, in other words, a pretty unprofessional type person that owns a house or just a right. person that goes to work, works down at the state, and they don't have any construction or investment or legal expertise, uh, you may very well have to give them a written disclosure about whatever their liabilities might be for violating a due-on-sale clause in the underlying finance that says you absolutely will not sell, assign, or convey this property without the bank's consent in writing first had and obtained under any sort of a guise. Right. So you've you got to get past that so somebody doesn't say, well, I was misadvised. And you're right, the lenders haven't been enforcing these much anymore, but they sure as heck will when interest rates go up. Because that's their way of getting a higher interest rate by triggering these exactly they can uh, do that. these low interest loans. Okay, so that's the first hurdle. Then the second one is, do remember that it's substance over form. A lot of people think that if I do a routine that looks like on the face of it I've complied with the law, but in fact I'm actually trying to evade the law, then substance is what they will prosecute as opposed to procedure. Are you so, talking the fix up there? Because the e due on e sales e not even then. Because remember what this statute says. It says a seller is going to be anybody that's included that is in the business of selling dwellings, and the business okay. means even that they're not occupying. So unless they're an owner occupier, they are in the business of selling dwellings. So then they need a license. So they're going to need a license, okay. and they also have the exposure of the statute of up to eight years. So uh, the the case you were talking about, where you met about two years, that was one that was essentially a fraud case. It was saying that. The uh, seller and the fix and flipper, in a sense, to a buyer that ultimately was burned on a poor repair that was done in the fix before the flip, uh, found uh, that the parties probably knew that to begin with, and they sued for fraud. The statute of limitations on some of these see, uh, like negligence and torts, right. two years, frauds, three, uh, and they're shorter than contracts. So sometimes people will toss that in. The one I think you're referring to is the Registrar of Contracts' right to investigate. Now, the jurisdiction of the registrar and contractor uh, to come out and look if there is a construction defect and the, the owner complains about it is two years after the date of close of escrow or a COO certificate of occupancy was right. issued right around in that area. After that, they no longer even have the jurisdiction to inspect. So uh, the point is, though, that the first thing the inspector, if they came out and they were a good inspector with the ROC, might say is, who the heck had the license here for any of this? And yes, it's true when you get into heating, cooling, air conditioning, mechanical, electrical, and plumbing, uh, then you're going to have to have somebody with a license. There are some minor allowances if it's incidental to yeah, the homeowner. Yeah, right, exactly. There are some. Yeah. But also, many of the cities have a rule that if the improvement value is above, say, something like $1,200, you still have to you pull a permit. You need a remodel permit, yeah. yes. Yeah. So, and the reason is they want to come, and they check it out. They're going to send somebody out to Red Tag uh, if they see any issues out there. And the first question they tend to ask at the site is, Who's the contractor here? And, and then you say, oh, M Mrs. Cratchit here, 83. She's the one that owns the house. Yeah, she, she goes, what? What? And uh, no, they're not going to buy yeah. that. Then they're going to say, oh, wait a minute. What's going on here? I, I think I'm going to go call the AG on this. 
So yeah. th that's there, there's there's no way. Here, here's the bottom line on all this: just plain do it right. And I think that's what you're suggesting. That, that's what I'm suggesting yeah. to do, and, and trying to get past some of these people. Well, then I got to pay another fifteen percent. I said, but why don't you advertise? We do it right. There's enough business that, out there for reputable and honest people to make good money. Not only that, it's insurance. Figure it's just it, like insurance if that makes you feel better. It's somebody to blame. So if they come back and they say, well, geez, they did a terrible job in that bathroom. Who in the world did this horrendous plumbing job? It's leaking all over the place. And they didn't green board behind the shower surround. I mean, they were terrible. Then you turn around and say, look, I'm just the investor that did this yeah, deal. Uh, you're going to have to look at the contractor and have someone who is a contractor who does have insurance and bonded analysis. Well, and you're probably not surprised how many contractors, and Steve knows this, how many contractors actually don't know how to do construction. And I run into it all the time on job sites of guys, even licensed guys, that don't know the codes. They don't know. You, you talked about green board. That's a big, in bathrooms and stuff, guys don't do it. They'll just put up standard drywall and things like that. And, and it's amazing to me how these guys stay in business. Well, at one time, the trades were run by the guilds. You know, you, right. you, you, you had to apprentice and you had to journey and master. And when they did, that's where the talent was. But today, that isn't necessary. Now it's all done with the state, and you get the same license as a master who's been in the yep. business 40 years, and you do as a guy that just started yesterday, and he got himself the requirements to start out as a contractor. He's got a dog, a six-pack to go, and a picky-up yeah. truck, <laughs> and a hammer. Uh, and that's all he's got, but he doesn't have any expertise. That's the problem. So today, here's what you're going to see, and it's a problem with our whole society. You're going to see maybe one or two masters left, you're going to see thousands of apprentices and no journeys. Right. Nobody's journeying anymore. No, it's they very, they don't very few want things. to invest. They got to got the quick deal. I'm got to be you know president tomorrow. I don't want to sit here and really learn this mm -hmm. craft. And that is the problem that runs throughout our society. Well, and I run to it even in the design industry that um, I have had people. I'm, I'm swamped, busy, and I've got other things going on too. And people want to hire somebody. I said. Because one of two things, for me to train somebody is going to take probably two years for what I do, the ins and outs of these remodels, taking an old home, making it into a new one, and how that all works together and familiarity with the cities and, and how to keep your plans basic without, you know, doing $10,000 worth of plans that a, quote, and I have a partner in commercialist, licensed architect, method against it, but I've seen people, I've got three uh, jobs right now that came over from licensed architects doing stuff that didn't give the client what they wanted. Their plans are way overblown, and cost the jobs is costing more, and they charge them an arm and a leg, and yet a simple set of plans can get it through. I tell people, if you need my plans to educate your contractor, you've got the wrong contractor. If he can't build this from a napkin sketch, you've got the wrong guy. But there's so many guys out there that can't do that. They don't know construction, and, and all the time I run into this issue that, okay, if I hire a guy and train him to do what I can do, he's going to leave because I can't afford to pay him enough to keep him then. And he's going to go out and because he sees that he can make the kind of money I do on it. And it's a little niche market, but there's not a lot of guys that, you know, you're a designer. You ought to know construction. Too many of them go to school. They right. get out. They're doing this. Or they come over from the commercial industry, and now they're residential, and they don't have a clue what goes on. Well, that's the loyalty factor, and that's even the case in the law. Uh, a firm will take a new lawyer and spend four years investing in turning them into somebody who actually knows which desk to stand at in the courtroom. Yeah. Now they've got themselves a real lawyer, and they paid for four years to five years for one that wasn't. And that was their investment, so that by the fifth, they'd have someone. And it's and the fifth year that they leave. They leave. Yeah, they <laughs> now they're viable. Leave, so. to, they send their resumes out. They go someplace else. This is all over. This is endemic.
And it's, it's part of why things tend to be falling apart. Now, you know, we get up every day and we start saying, where is this world going? And then we wonder, is this, we're just getting maudlin and old, you know, and everybody's always saying, ah, oh, it's all going to hell, it's better than my day. Uh, actually, this is one of those cases where it really is going to hell. And in, in certain cases are, and everybody's so fast, and now you can't find contractors. It's not as bad as it was back in the early 2000s when we just had that, you know, we were just zooming towards the moon, and then it crashed. It's not, that, but it, it's, you know, contract prices have gone up. Price, lumber's jumped every three months, three to four months for the past two years now. People go, why are prices so high? I'm going, because the demand is there. You can't find contractors. You, you know, supplies aren't down. But, hey, if I'm a lumber company and I can jack my price up 10% and you'll still pay it, why wouldn't I do that? And that's essentially is what's happening. Well, and the fact that you can't find them means that the builders can't find them either, the no, big guys, the production can't. builders. And as a result, this is even more reason to have even a brand-new home inspected by a qualified inspector like yourself Well, you've got to get a qualified inspector, and that's a big key. And that's I recommend Dan all the time. People say, well, you're just loyal to Dan. I'm loyal to Dan because he knows what he's doing. Yeah. You look at his report compared to others, Dan picks out the stuff. I mean, I've had guys come in, home inspectors, and go, well, that uh, pool table, well, that light's not square to the pool table. I'm going, how is that a home inspection issue? You know, okay, an outlet trip's a big deal. What is going on underground? Where, you know, do you see mold issues? Do right. you see issues here? I can pick those out. Somebody remodeled their patio or, or their garage into living space. They didn't raise the floor up, so I've got wood down to concrete ground contact. Right. There's an issue for me. In many cases, the skilled inspector can see the issues the minute he pulls yep. up to the curb. Exactly. Like this whole house is sitting in a hole. That's First right. Rain Dan has done that. Yeah, Dan has done that. A big problem. <laughs> we we, walked, we got I, I, elevation issues here that won't quit. Oh, man. Oh, it's terrible. All right, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up with Jim Eckley from Eckley Law and all these different things that we've been talking about. Lord knows it's it's a it's a crafty world out there. you got to watch out for everything that you come into contact with. And obviously, we always say, Know the right professional to call to get the best opinion and the best advice. And that's what we're here for every week on Image Home Improvement Live. Don't go away. Thinking of remodeling your kitchen or bathroom? Confused about which company to choose to do your tile work? Let me make the choice a simple one for you. AZ High Tech Tile and Stone. Whether it's a residential or commercial project, AZ High Tech Tile and Stone are the experts in kitchen countertop backsplashes, floor tile and shower walls, and anything while using materials such as granite, tile, travertine, porcelain, and much, much more. AZ High Tech Tile and Stone will come to your home and provide you with a free estimate. We are members of the NTCA, CTIOA, and Certified CTC. Ceramic Tile Consultant. AZ High Tech Tile and Stone is a value trade partner for all image home improvement kitchen and bathroom makeovers. Give them a call today for your free estimate, 602-799-9619. Or find them on the web at azhightechtileandstonellc.com. Monsoon season has passed, but the early January and February rains will soon be here. And if you have an older roof, it's just a matter of time before the leaks start appearing as water stains on your home ceiling. Do your home a favor and call Keiko Roofing for their free roof inspection. Their qualified professionals will check your roof and show you where your roof may soon fail or is failing. Keiko Roofing is committed to providing quality service along with the best roofing products. Whether you have a foam, flat, shingle, or tile roof, give 
Keiko Roofing Systems a call today, 602-944-4600 or keikoroofing.com. This is Jimmy Johnson, NASCAR driver of the number 48 Lowe's Chevrolet. You're listening to Image Home Improvement Live. All right, we are back, and you're listening to Image Home Improvement Live. Make sure you always check us out on Facebook because we've always got some different things up there. Plus, I've got talking about some of the things that are hidden when you owe, when you go actually do a flip. We're actually going to do some Facebook posting later on, and that is uh, it, I showed the guys here at the, at the station exactly what happens in a 50-year-old pipe that it doesn't have any kind of water treatment. And it looks, it's a perfect example of what happens when your arteries get clogged in your body. It restricts the or flow. Or your knees get old. Or your knees get old and you need to be replaced like, you know, like Kevin. I got one new Kevin, one. I'm, Kevin's our bionic <laughs> architect. Because he's the guy who's actually got the new knees and he's, he's on the mend. Yeah. So he's doing fine. But, you know, he's going to be able to do all those things that he did before. No, racquetball. When are we going to play racquetball? Hey, uh, give me about four or five months and I might be doing that. Okay. <laughs> all right. So we'll be doing years. that. Yeah. But no, seriously, these are things that you got to think about because they have, um, it, it restricts if you have drains. Now think about this. If you've got a pipe that's two inches wide and it's clean and you've got plenty of flow for waste material. Okay. But if that pipe gets clogged, it's going to be harder and harder. If you've got something that goes down the drain that is really bad and it's big it's not going to fit through that restricted hole. I tell you that this picture that we're going to post actually looks like it's at least, if not 80 to 85% clogged. So let me ask you a question about yeah. that, Steve. You're getting into doing some fix and flip yeah. stuff or looking into doing that. As a home buyer, me personally, yeah, I walk up. I don't have a problem with an old home. You clean it up and it looks really nice. If right. I'm a home buyer and I say, well, Steve, did you replace the pipes? You go, oh, they weren't clogged. And wait a minute, how old is this house? 50, 60 years? So you're going to tell me I'm going to get another 50, 60 years out of this? Are you going to guarantee that? No, you're not, because you know no, we're going to know. No, you're going to know that, like, this one that this house is before, because we, we took it over from somebody who didn't know what the hell they were doing to start Common. with, is it's we common. need a basis to start with so that we know everything going forward is good. Right. And that's one of the reasons to, to start over and do it good is to camera the lines and find out exactly what's there. Is it clogged? Does it need to be cleaned out for starters? Assess what the underground mm -hmm. plumbing is, and then go back and address what this guy who did other work, who had no clue what he was doing, used the wrong fittings. And one of the things that are, are stopgap uh, plumbing measures right now is they use shark bites. And that's just a quick way to connect PECs, mm -hmm. lines. But the problem is, that it's not acceptable code. They didn't use a proper tool. It didn't use a proper tool. So now right. as a lot of this plumbing that this guy did before, it's got to be all ripped out because you used the wrong It'll fittings. It's yeah. prone to leaks. And not to mention that the city inspector came by when he when we went to reevaluate what was done. We had to go back and say, okay, well, this needs to be redone. And I, sorry to say, I had to tell the the homeowner that it needs to be it needs to be redone. You know, and, you know, that unfortunately, they, she paid good money with the person who did it before, and she's just going to have to pay twice for it. Otherwise, she's going to be stuck with the house that can't be finished. And and it, did, did they use a licensed contractor before? No. 
Okay, that's the problem. No, now, no license, no license contractor, no right. permit. So you can go to the registrar on that and turn them in, and hopefully the registrar will go prosecute them, which they should. They should. But, but she has no recourse if you have a licensed contractor. Now I may have some recourse. You know as well as I do. Registrar comes out and says you did this wrong. You're going to fix it, or we're going to have somebody else fix it. Homeowner's choice. Exactly. Because they give the choice to the homeowner. Why would I want the, somebody who didn't do it the right way? I'll get somebody new in there. But if you don't use a licensed contractor, you do not have that recourse. Right. And Other that, than going to court and suing right. them, more than likely now, they don't have any money anyway. Now, you know, I wanted to bring up that one point before we run out of time here that I brought up when Jim mentioned about cracks in the slab and everything else. So, so Jim, check this situation out. The uh, real estate agent called me and said they had some issues they had to deal with just to get the appraiser came through and said, you need to fix this, 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 and this before we can close. I'm like, okay. They came to me, gave me the list. One of the things on the list was to cosmetically fix a repair in the slab. Now, you have that little four-inch four step up where they usually put the washer-dryer before you walk in the house, which is living livable grade, okay, except it's right. in the garage. Okay, the problem is the crack comes out from under the wall, and it's cracked its worst before it dives down into where the expansion board is. The actual garage height floor is fine. So cosmetically fixed, that was fine. All of a sudden, two days before they get ready to close, all the repairs are done. I, I solved every problem that they had so that they could close. The, the buyer's agent comes back and said, I'd like your contractor to come back in and certify that this, uh, that this crack in the slab is not structural. He can't do that. So he came to me and I said, I can't do that. I said, first of all, I'm, I'm not licensed to do that because I'm not a structural engineer, nor am I dealing with, I have a license to actually fix foundations. I can't tell you how long this has been cracked or how old it is. All I can tell you is give you a cause, you know, a, a personal professional opinion, but I can't certify anything like that. You want me to get in trouble? I would never do that. And I, and I don't know what happened with the deal. It could have killed the deal, but obviously it struck me funny that all of a sudden after everything's all done, that the, the, real, the buyer's real estate agent decides to turn around and say, hey, by the way, can you well, tell me why this is like this? Because there were some issues with some grout cracked in the dining room area, which was in direct line where this crack oh, was yeah. going. That's funny. Yep. And That's, so, because uh, I had re-grouted the tile. Flags. So there's some red flags there, but the house was like, 40 years old. And you know as well as I do, concrete's going to crack. There was, you know, you cannot guarantee concrete not to crack. If you can ever make concrete that doesn't crack, you'll own the world because everybody and his brother will Oh, my God, yes. But the point is, in fact, if you remember several years ago, we had a period where obviously we have long dry spells. We had a really heavy amount of rain and and the ground absorbed and swelled in, in a lot of places. And then we went back to dry. And there were people that said, we've owned this house for 40 years and never had a crack, and all of a sudden they're appearing. The sure. ground moves here. And there's certain areas of town in Gilbert, uh, some in the West Valley, where there's expansive soils. And you'll see, I mean, whole slabs heaving up. I mean, I'm talking big differences. Standard cracks are, are normal in the industry. And, and there's a, a, a um, in, in the code, there's a, a you know, um, dimension. I can't think of the word I'm trying to say on that. But other thing is, you can't guarantee, and you can get a soils engineer out there, and he may come in and say, well, the way to remediate this, or in my opinion, whatever, but he's going to CYA. He always is. And, and so, but a normal crack like that, yeah, it's going to translate through. And if you don't put a slip sheet down, uh, you can 
put new tile in yeah. and repair the crack. And if that house moves, it's going to crack again right there through the tile or show maybe right. hairline. I, I, but, you know, I, I, I know that as well. I'm right? interested to find out. I'll who, bet they got buyer's remorse. Well, they could have been, yeah. But, you know, on the other hand, you know what's going to be even more exciting? Is when we demo Ed's bathroom to see what we could find in Ed's bathroom. You never know. Ed, for 27 years, being in business here in the Phoenix area, I've been looking for gold stuck there behind the drywall. Yeah. Is there any gold in your house? What do you think? No, no. You, you got to remember, the drywall's already gone. Ed, i got to tell you, it sounds to me like the gold. Oh, you already banked it. You. <laughs> oh, I see. I, I okay. I hear a higher bill coming already. Uh. <laughs> Well, you know, in, in all honesty, we're we're doing a lot of stuff with the financing of the house and so on and so forth. And uh, I wouldn't have anybody else but Steve do the work because you know they're gonna there's gonna be the home inspection, they're gonna be all that. And I know he knows how to deal with all of that stuff. <laughs> and yeah, right. he can you know he can communicate where I I'm right. lost. Right. But yeah. And I'll never have I'll never have to turn around and ask. At this, you didn't build that. <laughs> you didn't pull that. <laughs> Never, ever, ever, because Ed's not Ed's not that kind of guy. Ed, knows, I actually, Ed I am knows. that. I am that kind of guy. Actually, when I lived in Chicago, I was able to do a lot of that stuff. I remodeled my entire basement uh-huh. on my own. Because I could, because they That's, didn't have the laws and they didn't have all wait that Wait a minute, stuff. wait a minute, Kevin, that was in the days when paneling was in. Yeah, paneling was in. <laughs> oh, no, I drywalled. I drywalled. <laughs> all right, just check it. Just check it. Yeah, because I remember when I was a kid, that first thing my dad did, was, hey, we're going to change Handle the basement. The and we're going to make we're gonna make a playroom downstairs. I'm oh. like, okay, what are you going to do? Oh, I'm going to panel it. And I'm like, okay. The only thing they made me do was change the standpipe in the basement. That was it. That was it? That was it. Well, Everything you know. else, you know, because I got a permit. You had to have a permit to sure. do it. And I, I went yeah. and did it all. And Did you do it in the wintertime or do it in the summertime? I did in the summer. Oh, good. For, see, no. that was smart. No, I did it in the summertime, it and it was great. And But out here, you can't do that. You can't just, you know, as a homeowner, just, you know, if you want to paint, that's fine. But if you want to remodel something or you want to build on something, you don't touch it because it will come back and bite you. I, I watched my neighbor gut his house and this car pulls up says county of maricopa county <laughs> and they walked in and they were in there for hours and came back out he goes i just got nailed because he had yeah. no permits no nothing mm-hmm. not to mention lot. the fact that many people don't realize that in their mortgage it says you're not going to make any modifications to the property yeah without their permission so when you go in and gut it you've actually wasted the property uh, as far as the mortgage is concerned, for collateral purposes, because oh, yeah. now mm-hmm. there's just an empty shell sitting there. Yeah. You didn't get their consent. They can actually foreclose on the mortgage yeah. because of that. You know, one of the things that I would recall from my youth, uh, my dad is a builder. I worked with him for years and was in the building industry before I got an honest job uh, doing other things. But I have to tell you that we were at one time making gussets out in the garage, and I had to make like uh, 40 of them in his shop. And he would come over to me and say, look, they were triangular shaped dress down every single one of those edges and corners. And I said, but wait a minute, these are going to go way up in the top of these trusses. Who's going to care? We're going to lag bolt them into these trusses way up at the top. No one's ever going to see it. And he says, I'll know it's I'll not, not yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's, I it's, want craftsmanship. There you says. go. That's right. That's there's there's the thing. There's where we're missing. All right. Ed, we're going to wrap up the show, but Ed, how can our listeners contact you if they are in need of the legal eagle expertise? You talking to Jim? 
Jim. Yeah. Yes. Well, you said, yeah. you said Ed. Oh, I'm sorry, Ed. I'm sorry, Jim. They I'm can sorry. call. Well, now, now hold on. They He'll can call me for legal, legal advice. They can legal. call me, Don't and then take I it. will transfer them over to Jim. Ah, there you go. Okay. Okay. All right, Jim. I'm sorry. If it's something I did wrong, they can go ahead and call him. No, <laughs> no, no. Uh, uh, we'd like to, usually to have you give us a call at, if it's local, 602-952-1177, or if you're outside of town, one 800 9994 law LAW. Just spell that on your keypad. Uh, or you can find me by writing directly to me at Eckley, E C K L E Y, at Ecklylaw, all one word, dot com. Eckley at Ecklylaw.com. I answer pretty much everything that gets to me. If you're going to ask me for a legal analysis of your portfolio, Probably not going to get that on an email back. <laughs> probably a, a, a suggestion that you take a an, little time. make an appointment and come down. Yeah. But uh, that's the way to reach me. And we uh, also have a website at ecklylaw.com. And there's a lot of stuff about construction law and your rights that are there. So it might be something that's worthy of looking at. That's great. All right, Jim, thanks so much for being with us today. All right, Jim Ackley from Eckley Law. And Kevin, thanks so much for uh, being our great guest Anytime. co-host today. All right. Don't forget, we didn't take too much abuse from him today, so I guess we're we're, we're lucky. We're lucky. I did comment on your head. I know. I know. Okay. And, Ed, great job as usual. We appreciate it, sir. Thank you, buddy. Okay. And all those good words. Make sure you have that big fat check ready for me when I get to the house next week. Again, I I said check. Check. (laughs) Okay. And remember, if you ever thought about not listening to this program. Resistance is futile. We'll see you next week.